You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Look out! You're about to hit episode 63 of the Soul Forge podcast. Welcome to the Soul Forge, a place of silent mystery, quiet contemplation, and outright mayhem. Join your host, Sean Vanderloo, as he guides you through the adventures of living. Together, we'll talk about life and love, sex and dating, joy and heartache, memories and loss, and so much more. Don't worry, it's not nearly as pretentious as it sounds. Get ready for life, the universe, and everything on The Soul Forge. Hey, Soul Forgers, fellow seekers, this is Sean Vanderloo. This is The Soul Forge. This is my podcast. I'm glad you could join me today. How are you doing? You doing all right? Hope so. I'm doing okay. A lot of things to talk about on today's episode. It's going to be a solo show, and I'm going to read some of my poetry. I told you before in a previous episode or two that uh, back in my university days, I used to write a lot of poetry, uh, mostly for creativity and creative outlets, uh, kind of to be remembered and published and be uh, studied in university classes 200 years from now, maybe. I don't know if that'll happen. Probably not. I haven't published anything. It was probably also an attempt to seem artistic, cultured, and attract girls, perhaps. Who can say? This is going back 20 years. But before we get into all of that good stuff, what's been going on with me lately? Well, as you know, I have a YouTube channel. It's just, uh, you can find it by searching my name, Sean Vanderloo. Sean Vanderloo. I think I've told you that before. Uh, So if you go to YouTube, what you'll see is a whole list of, under my videos, episodes of both this podcast here, Soul Forge, and the Rusted Robot podcast. Since uh, sometime last year, the Podbean site where I host my podcasts has allowed you to upload automatically your podcasts onto YouTube, and it doesn't give you any video options. Uh, What it is is just the episode picture title card and that's on the screen and then it just plays the audio so it's not very dynamic and in an effort to change that I kind of thought maybe it's time to make videos of different things now I've got some videos on there from a long time ago a lot of me and Bridget from our early uh, married life there's the ALS ice bucket challenge was on there I think Bridget did a crazy dance when we went to Fan Expo in Toronto in 2014 there's a few other different things nothing too super exciting. I think there was one or two unboxing videos for different things. But the other day, what I did was I received in the mail uh, the Body Architect Posture Corrector, I guess you'd call it. It's basically some straps that you put on your back, like a pack sack, a backpack, and uh, it's supposed to stop you from slouching, basically. I saw it in my Facebook feed. I saw it in my Twitter feed. It was in a bunch of different places, and I kept seeing it over and over and over again. So finally, I clicked on the video, and it looked like it was interesting. And I've always been concerned about my posture, because I feel like I slouch. And, and I don't slouch as bad as some people, but before it gets too bad, what I want to do is make sure that I'm not slouching, so when I'm an old man, I'm not half hunched over. 
because I see that and it just looks super uncomfortable. So I got it and I decided, well, what I'll do is I will make an unboxing video for this body architecture type thing. And so I set up the iPhone and I leaned it against some stuff and put the Rusted Robot podcast uh, banner that I have in the background because I'm always trying to promote the shows. And uh, so what I did was I posted this video. It's about four minutes long. You can check it out. Uh, it's kind of silly. I'm not good in front of a camera. Uh, I'm not surprised. Uh, it's just because I, I always see that there's an audience. Even if, if they're not there at the time, I know that the video will be viewed eventually. And I always live my life as if I'm in a TV show or a movie anyway. Like there's an invisible audience watching me. It's kind of a weird thing that I have. Surprise. And uh, so the video is there. If you want to check it out, uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel so you can listen to podcasts on the computer while you're surfing the net, maybe. Unless uh, you like downloading it and walking and working and doing whatever you do when you listen to podcasts. But I could use some more subscribers. That would be great. So if you want to spread the word and see a silly video, there it is. Uh, what else? Uh, well, of course, you guys know that The Soul Forge is on Spotify. You can listen to the podcast there by searching. And here's Mark Marin with a reminder. Hey, podcast fans, Spotify is making it easy for you to stream this podcast and many others like it on your mobile device, desktop app, and smart speaker. Open the app on your mobile device or desktop, click on the browser channel, then click on the podcast section. You'll be able to stay thoroughly entertained during your commute to work, your drive home, and your downtime, thanks to Spotify. So that's something that I copied from his podcast. He's always talking about Spotify, and I thought that was perfect. So I just downloaded his episode, cut out that clip, and I've inserted it into this one here. So there you go. Check me out on Spotify. All right, so you're listening to the Soulforge podcast right now. That must mean you're a big fan of me, or you like podcasts in general, or you never know what I'm going to say next, so you can tune in because you're curious. Well... If you like podcasts, I've got news for you. A buddy of mine on Twitter, Seamus, he is a uh, stay-at-home dad with an uh, under-two-year-old child, and he finds himself with a lot of spare time. And so what he's done is created a whole suite of various podcasts. And I don't know all the names of them. I, I know that uh, one of them is, uh, his, his main one is Chewed Gum. He's also got Tuesdays with Mary, he's got Infamines, he's got 727, he's got Good Job, Thank You, maybe it's Great Job, Thank You, I don't have that in front of me right now. There's, there's a bunch. And what he proposed to me this week is, he said, Sean, how would you like to start up a podcast with me? And I'm like, okay, tell me more. So we've been talking about it for the last week or so, and it sounds like it's going to be pretty exciting. He's from Indiana, I'm here in Canada, so the cross-country dynamic is going to be pretty exciting. I did an old podcast called the Sci-Fi Waffle Podcast with my buddy Paul, and he's in the UK, so we had a lot of different uh, language things that we got to discuss on that show. That went for about 40 episodes a few years ago, and it was general sci-fi geekery and stuff, kind of like Rusted Robot, but uh, it was jokingly referred to as the two friendliest guys in podcasting podcast. So this one here, with me and Seamus. It's going to be Sean and Seamus Present. Uh, that's not the actual name of the show. Uh, I'm not supposed to say what it is just yet, but it is coming soon. And when it does, I'll be telling you guys more about it. And hopefully you'll follow me there and you'll check out some of Seamus's shows. And it could be very exciting. And speaking of podcasts, 
We here at Soulforge and Rusted Robot are on the ESO Podcast Network. So what I'm going to do is play a promo for another show on that podcast network, and then we'll get into the main topic of this episode. We are the Metal Geeks Podcast, and on this show we have heavy metal, comic books, video games, movies, theme parks, and more. Wait, wait, wait. Comics? Yep. And movies? Exactly. Video games? Yeah. Metal? Of course. How does theme parks fit in this? It just does. All of us Metal Geeks can be found at MetalGeeks.net. At Metal Geeks for Twitter. Metal Geeks on Instagram. And Metal Geeks on the Facey Space. You can also find us on iTunes. Subscribe today. Metal Geeks. All right, so great promo for that show. Hope you'll check it out and all the shows on the ESO Podcast Network. Do you folks like poetry? Throughout history, poetry has been seen in a lot of different lights. And I don't know what you folks think of poetry. When I was a kid, couldn't stand it. Then I uh, went to university to take an English degree and was in a lot of poetry classes and English classes and literature classes. Read a lot of poetry and short stories and novellas and all kinds of different things. And I, I really wanted to be a writer. And I, uh, I just never actually sat down enough and hammered out a novel. That's what I always wanted to do. I wanted to write five or six novels and be studied uh, for posterity like we, we read uh, all the, uh, the old dead folks now. So maybe one day I'll actually sit down and type something up. But until then, I've got maybe 120, 130 poems that I've been saving here in my leather-bound briefcase type thing. And I'm going to share some of them. And maybe I'll tell you the stories of their significance. Hello, I'm Daniel Peter Hitch, author of the Bubbles the Pirate children's book series and the Connected Worlds Chronicles. You're listening to the Soul Forge podcast. Keep forging your soul. So the first one called A Wrestler Professes His Love and it was written November 21st, 1999. My brother Robin, who you may know from the Space Jam podcast that he does and you've heard his co-host Wit on several episodes here on Soul Forge podcast. Anyway, he was in, maybe it was high school, I can't remember now and he needed a poem and he was having a hard time coming up with one and he asked me for help and because his main love in pop culture is wrestling. I came up with this here poem and I used as many references as I could remember because I liked it back in the late 80s when Hulk Hogan and Macho Man were big. But anyway, here's the poem. A wrestler professes his love. My love for you started slowly to hatch, reminding me of a great wrestling match. Like The Rock says, can you smell what's cooking? I think you know from the way I've been looking. I dream of us alone together by a lake. And imagine we're as close as Jake and his snake. Brother Love always said, I love you, brothers and sisters. And I love you, though you aren't my brother nor my sister. Your love hit me like it came from the top rope. If you ever left me, I don't think I could cope. Whenever I peer into your eyes, I tumble. It feels just like a massive royal rumble. I'm only trying to say our love is no sin, simply inevitable like a one-two-three pin. I'd like to do something romantic, not gross, twisted, vulgar, or sick. Mankind always hits you with a dirty old sock. Me? I'd much prefer a figure four leg lock. So that was that, and I can't remember what he got. I think he got a pretty good mark for it. It's, uh, it's silly. It references a lot of uh, the old wrestlers that I knew of and some that he had told me about. Like, uh, I, I didn't watch Mankind or any of that stuff. The Rock was way at the end of... Uh, any interest I had in wrestling. But I thought it was kind of fun, 
and uh, it rhymed. It's, it's got some uh, figurative language in there, and you put some images in your head, and uh, what do you guys think? A wrestler professes his love. This next one I wrote in, I believe, third year of university, so that would have been sometime in 97 or 98, and I don't have a date for this one specifically, but we had to write, was it a, a rhyming poem, or maybe it was like a song? I can't remember what the exact assignment was, but what I did was picked a subject matter that was close to me. It was it was being bald or going bald, losing my hair. Uh, at that time, I was 21. The hair was starting to thin. I still had a nice, full, thick head of hair, but the writing was on the wall, and I knew it was coming eventually. So I wrote something here called Baldness, a Ballad. So here it goes. It fills you with an emptiness that you cannot conceal. When all you had up there has gone, it leaves the you that's real. From brown to gray, and then so long, is what you have to say. I don't care that it's not there, is what you must portray. Perhaps it's at the widow's peak that it will start to go. No matter where or when it sheds, it still must cease to grow. When follicle by follicle is how it takes its leave, you wake to see that it has gone, and feel as if deceived. Living on the verge of baldness is such a lonely place. People laugh and point as hair loss starts to extend your face. You know there's not a thing to do, but still you try and try. It takes some time to understand that you should laugh, not cry. You rage and rage and rage some more that all your hair is left. Why does the law not recognize this most disastrous theft? Surprise, surprise, there's still a chance to live a decent life. No one cares if you're a bald man, except perhaps your wife. So that's just a fun one. It kind of makes fun of being bald, and it's rhymy and sing-songy, and it's one of the favorite poems that I've written. What do you guys think? I like it. I hope you did too. Okay, here's one. It's got a Greek title. In university, I took a lot of philosophy classes because I really, really liked the philosophy teacher. He was a cool guy. He uh, was kind of bohemian and uh, just just really out there. His name was Wayne Brody, and he, he was just super cool, and he taught a lot of uh, philosophy and Greek words and that kind of thing. Uh, so on January 1st, 1997, I wrote a poem called Icasia, which is Greek for reflection. Here goes. The mirror leans against the far wall, reflecting everything that passes. It saw the night turn into day and the swaying of the grasses. The mirror witnessed a thousand things it can never share. It saw the birth of mountains that one day won't be there. Now the mirror lays on the ground, covered in layers of grime. It has simply become a monument, forever marking time. That's it. It's pretty short. Uh, I've been noticing the ones that I've read to you so far are all rhyming poems, but I wasn't really into rhyme and that kind of thing because I wanted to be more postmodern, I believe it was considered at the time. But uh, the three that I've read, they all rhyme, which is kind of funny and weird. Uh, but I just liked the images in that, and because I, I wanted to be cultured, like I said, and use foreign words, uh, that's, uh, that's how this poem came to be. Now, of course, one of the main reasons why I began writing poetry in the first place was because there was a girl in a lot of my classes, and I talked about her before. It was Stephanie. She was the lesbian that I fell in love with, and I wrote a lot of poems either because of her or for her or based on my feelings for her or things that I thought might impress her. Here's one. November 8th, 1996. This would have been three months into second year university. 
I called this one Love's Resurgence. Have my emotions truly passed? Did I ever think they would? You never returned my passion, something I never understood. I never imagined I could ever live without your love. Somehow I managed to survive. It surely defies the imagination that I could ever rise above, that I could even thrive. And though I didn't think it would, my love continues to survive, to rise like a dove. So that was that. Uh, obviously something happened between us. Um, not sure what it was. I know we had a very off and on relationship uh, through part of the friendship. So yeah, it was it was a complicated time. I was uh, just turned 20 back in September. So yeah, I was all over the place. My emotions were crazy. I just wanted her to love me and she couldn't. So I was sad. Here's another... Uh, Stephanie poem. This one was October 25th, 2001. So quite a while after all that stuff had happened back in 96 and I'd gone back to the Sioux and then I'd moved back to North Bay and hadn't seen her for a while and then we reconnected. So this one was called Still. My goddess, my muse, what have you become? You no longer have the power to inspire. Your looks are long past faded. Yet, you still reside upon that pedestal, the one I crafted long ago. Though your beauty is only a lingering memory, I cannot remove you from the height you achieved so gracefully. You still have power, I cannot deny. You still belong up on high, my goddess, my muse. You still have a hold on me. As you can tell, and maybe from 60-odd episodes of uh, listening to my stories, uh, maybe you are aware that... When I have a connection to somebody or feelings of attraction, it takes a while for them to go away. So that's what that poem there signifies. Lots of fun. Here's a fun one from the uh, early days of when I decided that I wanted to be a writer, a poet, uh, an artist of some kind. This was October 5th, 1996. I believe we had just come from the bar or we went to uh, a little mini concert or something and we went to a diner. And there was this old man just sitting there all by himself, and he looked so sad. And I had a scrap piece of paper, and I wrote this on the back of it. I don't know what his story was. I didn't talk to him. But he reminded me of, like, a gold prospector. So I called this poem The Last Prospector. It's short, and it's just, uh, it's just a quick image of that moment in time. He sits alone, dejected and wasted. Stooped and weary, calloused hands, a tangled graying beard. Prospecting now, for he knows not what. Stale coffee in a rusty cup. And death, he knows, is the only way out. Not a, not a very uh, rousing image, kind of sad. It was just, he just, I just wanted to go over and talk to him and find out what his life story was. But of course, I was 20 years old and uh, I didn't know the guy and I wasn't going to do that because I wasn't outgoing enough. But it was, uh, it was quite the powerful image and I, I was just compelled to write that thing. So there it was. Oh, and then, of course, uh, I've always been partial to environmentalism and reducing our carbon, our carbon footprints and saving the animals and saving the trees and all that kind of stuff. So July 20th, 1996, I wrote a poem called The Logger, and it's kind of from the perspective of the actual logger or woodsman or whatever you call those guys that cut down trees. So here it is. Tree, tree, reaching to the sky, you stand, silent and strong, for all the world to see. Growing in spite of time, growing to reach up high, 
Large and sturdy, you provide shelter, shade, and food for the countryside. Both timeless and ageless, you're the biggest of all. You inspire all who see your size and dazzle them with your beauty. You've stood for countless centuries and have many stories to share. I have a story also, O mighty tree, and I think you might want to pay attention to me. You sway in the wind, undaunted by my tale. Well, I'll tell you one more time and you can have the final word. Timber! O mighty tree, why don't you respond? So what do you think about that? Pretty silly? Is it uh, a good image? Does it make you think? Does it make you feel bad for the tree? Does it make you want to be a lumberman? A lumberjack? That's the word I'm looking for, a lumberjack. That's right. Am I, was I always a social justice warrior? I wouldn't say so. I've never been that outspoken, but I've always had a lot of thoughts and deep feelings, and uh, maybe you can tell that from some of the poetry that I've read so far. So I'll read one or two more. Ah, here it is. This is a, uh, a two-part poem, or is it two different poems, or is it one poem from a different perspective? First one is called The Wedding Band, part one. Their favorite music fills the background. But the couple has gone without any sound. No tears speckle the face of the one who gazes at the secret place. A turn of the key unlocks the drawer. The pain has gone, a bother no more. Once again, fingers reach in the corner as only an owner, not a mourner. The bonds that bind have broken, the ring, nothing more than a token. Once a prized and sacred band, it no longer even fits her hand. So that was... Uh, I don't know where the image came from. Not sure what... Uh, what caused it, but September 5th, 1999, hmm, what was I doing then? Well, I had graduated university in the spring, so I was back home in Sault Ste. Marie. I wasn't in school. I think I was working at Tim Hortons in a dead-end job because I couldn't get any proper employment, so no idea where that came from, but basically it was about a marriage that broke up, and she was looking at a ring, but she didn't care anymore. So the second one, it's called The Wedding Band Part 2, and it's very similar, but the conclusion is different. Take a listen. His favorite music is the only sound. He turns, he pauses, he wanders around. New tears splatter his face as he travels to the special space. He pulls a key, unlocks the drawer. The pain rushes through the door. His fingers grasp the ring in the corner. He is its owner, the only mourner. The bonds that bind have broken. The ring represents everything unspoken. The ring means all that was left unsaid to his wife, now three years dead. So there's a different uh, take on it. Same kind of situation. There's a ring locked in a drawer, and the people look at it, and uh, the, the lady, she doesn't care. She's over it. This guy here, he's very sad because his wife died. So I'm not sure what I was feeling or thinking that day, or why I made two of them, or what the hell was going on in my life at that point. But, uh, wow, eh? Makes you think. Okay, here's one last one for you guys. Try to end the podcast on a more positive, silly, upbeat kind of uh, feeling. So this one was written February 26, 2000. It's called Blue Velvet. A work of art carved in flesh. Perfection with honey-hued skin. A model, a dancer, a dream. Idealism wrapped in fabric. A vixen, a temptress, a fantasy, with skin as lush as silk, a paragon of flawlessness, inspiration, stimulation, motivation, a muse for the new millennium. My eyes seek refuge from the impossibility of perfection, yet all I see is that the sky is crimson with a hint of blue. So what the heck was that all about? 
me and my brothers, I believe it was my brothers, had gone to the strip club and the lady on the stage, her stage name was Blue Velvet. So, of course, uh, I had to write a poem called Blue Velvet and this girl was beautiful. I was single and that's it. She was just gorgeous and I wanted to capture her beauty in ink. So I wrote that poem. Yeah, obviously I never talked to her, showed her the poem. She doesn't know anything about it. Who knows where she is? It doesn't matter. It's just time slices. That's basically what poetry is. Slices of time, moments, whether they're fleeting or long-lasting or whatever they are, sometimes we have to immortalize them in words. And maybe I should get some of these published. What do you guys think? Are, are these poems any good? I, I can't tell. I'm, uh, I'm not a good critic of my own work. And there's lots more in this book. Maybe uh, in an upcoming episode, I'll read a few more different ones. There, there's some that uh, are harder for me to read because I don't think they're that great uh, or the words don't flow properly or whatever the reason is. That's, uh, that's all I got for you guys for this particular episode. Remember, uh, if you want to go check out me being uh, uncomfortable on camera, go to my YouTube channel and check out the Body Architect Posture Corrector review video. Check us out on Spotify if you do that thing. Prepare for an upcoming podcast with me and Seamus. It's going to be exciting. Uh, go check out Rusted Robot if you haven't done that, if you're looking for a geeky fix. And remember, fear is one big bluff. It's an imaginary brick wall we are meant to run through. Head first. This has been another episode of the Soul Forge Podcast. Contact the show by emailing soulforgepodcast at gmail.com or by tweeting soulforgepod on Twitter. Visit us at soulforgepodcast.com and remember the best way to show your support is by leaving a five-star review in the iTunes store. And if you would, please check us out and like us on Facebook. The Soul Forge Podcast was written, produced, scored, edited, engineered, and directed by Sean Vanderloo. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at Darth Vaderloo. For more great content, you can listen to my other podcast, The Rusted Robot. Thanks for stopping by The Forge. We'll keep the fires lit until your next visit. I could do this all day. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Thank you.